This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Two conservative, heterosexual, gun-toting, football-loving, evangelical Christian white men. In other words, the two most dangerous men in America. Rick. Six minutes past the hour, and here we go. From the broadcast plaza and teleport, thank you for being with us. Whether you got us on the Rick and Bubba Radio Network, America's boldest radio stations carrying our show uh, all over the country. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube live or archived. Maybe you're catching us on the TuneIn app. Maybe you're listening to the podcast archives, uh, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. However you're here, we're glad that you are. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adler, Team Rick and Bubba on the field. Welcome back. There's Bill Bubba Bussy. Rick, glad to be here and thank all of you for spending a few hours with us each and every day as we celebrate, Rick, almost 27 years of doing this show. We love it. After he gave us four terms in Congress, uh, he announced he would not seek re-election. We all kind of frowned about that in 2018 and left public service for good. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, well, we don't want to say for good. Right? Uh, well, maybe not. He's, he returned, uh, he has the pride of South Carolina. He's there practicing law, teaching classes. Um, and, uh, my, my wife and two sons actually heard him, heard him speak with friend, Senator Tim Scott at an SLU event of, uh, I think maybe two years ago, uh, and still out there with a lot of commentary on the state of our country and uh, Trey Gowdy, who will be speaking tonight at the Faulkner university 2020 benefit dinner. Uh, that's going on uh, there in the state capitol uh, at the Renaissance Convention Center in Montgomery, Alabama. All the funds raised tonight uh, above the expenses go directly to student scholarships, so that's kind of cool. They'll be honoring frontline workers at the event. Uh, and uh, also you can find out everything you want to know about Faulkner University, a, a Christian university, by going to faulkner.edu. So welcome to Rick and Bubba, Trey Gowdy. How are you all doing? <laughs> we're glad to have you, Trey. You know, we're big fans. I told you in the break, we we always look forward to any congressional hearing. We knew that you were going to be on there running somebody over the grader. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, every now and again, you do need a lawyer for something. And <laughs> I, I guess 16 years in a courtroom did, did help me a little bit, but, um, but I'm happy to be in South Carolina and I'm really happy to be uh, on with y'all and heading to Alabama here in a little bit. Well, if you want to sing "Sweet Home Alabama," we can get that over with. Uh, but uh, may, maybe not. And and I and I, I we were trying to put you your picture on on uh, on the YouTube uh, part but of the you broadcast. Won't, Trey, you won't give us video. You won't give us the video What's here up? here on the yeah. Zoom. Uh, well, and and you would lose your license, and you would be rated by the FCC if I flip the video on right now. <laughs> I. I stayed up too late last night texting with Tim Scott, and, and my hair looks worse than it normally does, which is pretty bad. So trust me, you do not want me to flip on the video. And Trey, I told you, I, I'm a fan of this Billy Idol look you're going to since you got out of Congress. Well, maybe I should have married you then, because the one I'm the one the one the one I married is not a fan. 
<laughs> That's funny. Well, let's let's jump right in. My goodness, the state of our country. Good gracious, did we want to work Comey and then work well, our way back yeah, to the debate? Trey, let me let me ask you this: uh, Operation Crossfire Hurricane. You know, as more and more facts about this come out, it looks like it was a total sham. That people at the highest levels of our government knew what was going on. It looks like it really leads back to Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. with a thumb and a and a wink from people in the White House. But I, I, you know, it's just scary to me what was done to a private citizen by the the FBI. And you know, I'm a, I'm an American. I'm a patriot. I want to have confidence in the FBI. I want to I want to be proud of them and the CIA and our government. But this is scaring me to death because. What has happened at the very worst was criminal, and the very least was extremely careless. Yeah, well, more than us wanting to have confidence in the FBI and the Department of Justice, we have to have confidence in them, or we're not going to make it as a republic. I mean, we give law enforcement vast powers that the two of you don't have, and I don't have, and your listeners don't have, and they have to be good stewards of that power. I'm actually um, every bit as confused about this as I was the day that we began. And I think, uh, you know, Devin Nunes, uh, Lindsey, Johnny Radcliffe, I would be fourth in terms of having access to the information. So I should know um, what we were told initially is that Russia was making an unprecedented play to interfere with our election. And I think almost all Americans would say, "Okay, let's stop that. Let's figure out what's going on. At some point, and that's what they that's what they told us repeatedly, is that we were just investigating Russia's efforts to disrupt the country. At some point, they made the conscious, intentional decision to target one of the two campaigns. And I'm hopeful that John Durham um, will will tell us when that happened and what the factual predicate. My real fear, and I I shared this with a friend yesterday who's still in Congress, my real fear is that we have become so hopelessly polarized in this country that that even if he finds evidence that the FBI and the DOJ targeted a campaign without a factual predicate, that half the country will not care. That's my real fear, is that winning is all that matters now, and we don't care if our opponents are treated unfairly. Well, and to that point... This being very important to our democracy, and every, and I'd said earlier, even if you're a Democrat, liberal, left-wing, whatever, it should concern you that this could happen to your candidate. And if you don't put a stop to it, you know, what goes around in D.C. comes around. It always does. But, Trey, tell me this, because you, you, you dealt with these people. How is James Comey, Clapper, and Brennan – not charged with something already? Or should they be? Am I overstating that? Correct me. Shed some light on it. How could this go on under their nose or with their approval and somebody not go to jail? Well, I'll tell you the way I analyze it. Um, you know, and, and I did it for 16 years. I need a statute. I need a specific statute that was broken. Um, a lot of people express frustration with me, that that's not the kind of FBI we want. That's not kind of the, the kind of Department of Justice. They didn't meet our expectations. And my mind is always saying, okay, I need a specific criminal statute that is alleged to have been broken. And then I need evidence beyond a reasonable doubt on each one of those elements. 
And then I have to stand in front of a jury of 12 people who can't get out of jury service and convince them beyond a reasonable doubt. It is hard to get convictions. Um, having done it for almost two decades, it is very hard. Uh, 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 where I kind of depart from some of my Republican colleagues is something can be incredibly wrong and still not rise to the level of a crime. So that's why I don't talk about indictments much, because I'm not sure there are going to be any more indictments. And, you know, Bill Barr was put in in place by President Trump and John Durham um, has a really good reputation. If those two guys do not issue indictments, I don't think they're covering up for people. I think that's that's evidence that it's really, really hard to convict people. But that still doesn't mean that Brennan and Clapper and McCabe and Comey and Strzok and Page met anyone's expectations. Uh, we got to have some notion of shame left back in this country that I just did a terrible job with what you asked me to do, and there has to be a consequence for that. Trey, let me, let me press you on that topic. If I lie to the FISA court so that I can use the unlimited potential of the FBI and their money and their investigative power to go after somebody when they know good and well that there are no facts, there's no probable cause, just so they can go on a political fishing trip. How is that not a crime? Well, it could be. Uh, of course, perjury or any time you make a false statement when you have a legal obligation to tell the truth, uh, it could be a crime. I'll tell you what else it could be, uh, which wouldn't even require a jury trial, is the court itself can mete out discipline. The, the judge herself or himself, if you or I were in court in Alabama today and we made a factual misrepresentation to a judge, that judge can hold us in contempt of court and put us in jail without a trial. So why the FISA court? I mean, they have expressed their displeasure. Um, they have asked for remedies and changes to be made. Why they have not invoked that inherent power of the court? I, I, I will say this, having tried to do it, uh, Proving the difference between, I mean, proving something's false is not that hard. Proving the intent, but proving uh, that affirmative intent to mislead is usually what gets prosecutors in trouble in perjury and false statement cases. It's easy to prove that today is not Saturday. What's harder to prove is, is for you to prove to a jury that I know it's not Saturday and I said it anyway. That's a great example. We'll come back. Uh, Trey Gowdy is our guest. We'll dive into the uh, uh, the debate, the, the the climate politically of our country right now. Uh, when we come back with Trey Gowdy, we'll be right back. Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba. This is Donald Trump, President of the United States. Honestly, I think this is the first radio show I've done as president, if you want to know the truth. And you're listening to The Rick and Bubba Show. 22 minutes now past the hour. Trey Gowdy is our guest. Those of you going tonight for the fundraiser, uh, the benefit dinner for Faulkner University, you will see him tonight, 7 o'clock local time. So, Trey, let's uh, let's look back to to the old debate on Tuesday night. Uh, my, my, that uh, really turned that? that, that turned into, uh, well, there's words that we really shouldn't say. I guess, uh, I've heard the term dumpster fire. I, yeah, I, that's a good I, one. It was, um, it was, and, and I felt as an American embarrassed, um, wh- how have we gotten to this place? And, and I'd love to hear your commentary on it. 
Well, you know what? I mean, this is a sure sign in the world that I'm not ever running for office again, because I'm going to give you an honest answer. I, I don't know which came first, that that was what we were being given by our political process or that's what we want to see. Um, <laughs> Good I, question. And, 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 and I don't. I mean, I, I, I do not know um, a female, and there are lots of them that run my life, both personally <laughs> and professionally. I do not know a female that watched the entire debate. They just turned it off. So- you know, I, ju I just wrote a book on persuasion. And before you can persuade anyone, you have to identify who your audience or who your jury is. If your jury um, consists of women or undecided voters, I, I just I don't get the plan for for debate night. I, I, I don't I don't get the strategy. I mean, if your jury are people who already love you um, and would and would run through a hail of gunfire to defend you. Well, you've already got them. Right. So why are you doing the debate? Yeah. I just I thought it was a series of missed opportunities. And um, I, we, there are good if you're a President Trump supporter, there are good answers to the questions he got. And there are persuasive answers. Um, and I'm all for, you know, kind of, you know, needling your opponent. But there's a way to do it constructively. And I just I thought the whole night was a missed opportunity, frankly. Well, watching you when you were on some of the committees, and of course you you you're a lawyer, so you you look at you would just simply state, is this a fact? And someone would have to say yes. All right, do I have this right? Yes. Do I have this right? Yes. That's and, how I question people in Congress. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And and so I watched how you did it, and what you did was saying, all right, let's establish that these things are not not for dispute. And if you have a disagreement, then answer it whether this is right or wrong. And and I'm with you. I didn't really understand. I mean, we had people calling the show that were saying, hey, forget debates. Go research both platforms and figure out the two flat platforms, and then you vote which what platform you think best aligns with your vision of America. We had people literally calling the show saying, you can't watch the debate to know the two platforms. you got to go find out for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, well, part of that, and, and 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 it is frustrating that we live in the culture we live in. I mean, we are picking the most powerful person on the planet, and yet we're saying, here, take the next two minutes and tell me what your thoughts on the economy or health care. I mean, two minutes, my wife cannot tell me anything in two minutes, much less discuss health care or the criminal justice. Part of it is, is this television-centric uh, culture that we have created. You mentioned questioning witnesses and cross-examination, and that's very, very effective. But what I would tell the president, I mean, what I was best at in the courtroom was closing argument. Yeah. Um, and, and there are no questions in closing argument. It is you making your case to the jury. And what I would tell the president is take an hour, I mean, take a minute and 45 seconds and make your argument and then use your last 15 seconds to ask Joe whatever you want to ask Joe and or needle him or but. But make your case for why you deserve another four years. I just, I, I it, it was almost on. I mean, look, I'm a huge Ric Flair fan, so so that's what it reminded me of yeah. was watching a Ric Flair interview. Yeah, no, no, it did. You were talking about how our, our country that this fifty fifty concept. Um, so so talk about that a little bit about we we've just we, we seem to have just. 
I mean, I don't like I don't like to have hyperbole. I know we're in the world of exaggeration and hyperbole. The Civil War was pretty divisive. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. from and, what I hear, right? Yeah. And, and when we had two candidates dueling and one shot and killed the other, mm-hmm. so we do have a history that we can be quite divisive in this country. This is, but I think compared to and survive, but we did go through a time that seemed a little more civil, and we seem to be drifting back into just rowdyville. Yeah, it, it's it's like that. We don't know how to discuss and and agree to disagree. Or here's why I disagree. It's you're evil, I'm perfect. You're evil, I'm no. You're evil. What you're I'm saying, perfect. Rick, you miss the '80s like I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's, it's like the no, greatest decade mankind has ever seen. <laughs> right. You're bad. I'm right. good. No, you're bad. I'm good. You're bad. I'm good. You're good. I'm bad. I, you're bad. I'm good. <laughs> uh, we're not we're not talking about why we disagree anymore. Yeah. Well, you put your finger on. I mean, I yeah. I've written two books. Uh, one was on unity, and one is on persuasion. So neither one are on politics. Neither one are on how to you know, argue better. One's on unity and one is on persuasion. I, I re- It is hard to hate something you know or live with up close. It's hard. So p- part of it is this culture where we can hide behind Twitter or Facebook postings right. and say things we would never, ever say to another human being if we knew them or we were in front of them. The other part of it is we've abandoned persuasion. I mean, if I want, if you wanted to run for office in Alabama, the, the easiest way for you to win is to go find out what people already believe and repeat it back to them. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's an easy way to win politically. What's harder is to say, let me use the facts, the evidence, the information that I have gathered, and let me try to persuade you that there's a better way. Yeah. Or to that, be a leader. Be a effort. leader for what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Well, I mean, or, or, just the hard work. I mean, if we're 50-50 now, and I do think we're living in a 50-50 country, yep. I don't want to die in a 50-50 country. Someone's going to have to get better at persuading, or we're just going to be like this in perpetuity. Yeah. And and we've lost – it seems like the skill's been lost to, to take a narrative, to walk it out, and then point and substantiate the narrative that you want the other person to consider. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. We, we don't walk it out. Yeah. And um, so, Trey, I know we've got to wrap up and let you go, so we're going to. We wish you could stay with yeah. us. I wish you just got to hang out, and uh, maybe we can get you on Rick and Bubba University, the <laughs> podcast, and we can talk for 45 minutes nonstop. But uh, I'd you, love that, and I tell you what, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my hair next time so I can do the video. <laughs> yeah, get, get your hair just like you like it. Could you give us a liner? Do you know what I mean? Just say, hey, this is Trey Gowd, and you're listening to the Rick and Bubba Show. Sure, I'm, I, I may not can remember that whole thing because I'm in my 50s. Hey, this is Trey Gowdy. You are listening to the Rick and Bubba Show. That wasn't hard. Trey, good job. Well done. All right. Uh, thank, thank you. Hey, Trey, we, we, I hate I'm not going to be there to see you tonight because we're fans, and thank you for being on with us. Yeah, thanks. Well, come on, crash. Come on, break in. <laughs> I, I'm going to show up and say, Gowdy said I could come. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Uh, Trey, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it very much. Take care. If you, want to, if you want to find out everything that uh, Trey talked about, the books that he has, uh, TreyGowdy.com uh, is the website, and we put that in show notes. And Faulkner University, thank you for getting Trey on today. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio! Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Rick and Bubba, Rick All righty, uh, we're back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Rick and Bubba Show, thank you for being with us. 
Waking on the hey, yeah, let's, let's point to simplysafebubba.com now more than ever. Security. It's big. Uh, and you thought, you know, you could count on the government doing their job, uh, even the biblical job they've been given, if you have a biblical worldview, and that is to provide law and order. Uh, but that's not a given anymore. Okay, It's all according to where you live. Uh, so simplysafebubba.com security systems now more important than ever. Uh, and if you're going to get a security system, why don't you go ahead and, and get in modern times? Uh, this is an industry that, like a lot of industries, I mean, they, it's changed. It's, it's gotten better. Some of the things that were done, you know, in the past are archaic now. Uh, you don't you don't need a crew coming to your house and you know drilling holes in the sheetrock and and uh, you know have you having to say you know stay there all day waiting on them to get there. Then they come in, hey, the house is shut down for a couple of days. Miles of cable. Miles of cable. Then you get locked into contracts and hidden fees and. It's, sometimes these contracts are like I don't even know how I would get out. Of, how do I get out of this? And they and they're the monitoring they charge you. You know, you know some you know, sometimes uh, I remember some to being as much as you know fifty seventy five dollars a month. Sometimes some sometimes a hundred. But now we're talking about fifteen dollars a month to be monitored. You're not in any kind of contract, and you install the system yourself. And if you go to simplysafebubba.com, use that URL. Guess what? We'll give you a free HD camera. So we'll throw in. Uh, one of their HD cameras on top of the uh, system you design because you do design it yourself. Then you install it in less than an hour and you get monitored for about $15 a month uh, with no contracts, no hidden fees. So go to simplysafebubba.com. There's also a link at rickandbubba.com under the sponsors and go ahead and get your system and we look forward to hearing from you. Bubba, we're in the news. Mm. Bubba, we are in the news. I, you know, I, I love having Google alerts. Yes. Because anytime mm-hmm. we, we make news somewhere, I get an alert on it. Do you do you have that? I don't. But you know why? Well, wait a minute. Yes, I do. It's called Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I indirectly have Google alert because you go, hey, Ray, hey, Birds. Hey, Rick. You, you say we're in an article today. They quoted us in something. Mm-hmm. We're in an article today. You remember the woman who called, and it was around this time on the show, within about 10, 10, 10 15 minutes when she, when she yeah. called. And this was uh, a woman who talked about the uh, the obviously high out of his mind person uh, that got into their house and was naked. Uh, B a n. This this thing where when people of course you get in, look through scripture that's the for some reason demons love to make you strip naked. They do. Uh, but anyway, so and, and there's some biblical and, reasons, and reasons Rick, for that. That's been I'm going having, on for thousands of years. Yes, it has. And, and it's a common thread still today. Yes, all, all that's missing is he's not in the graveyard cutting himself. That's right. Uh, but anyway, so um, we uh, we we talked about this and Bridget. Bridget told us, and which mm-hmm. is important, mm-hmm. uh, that he was had posted fifty dollars and was out on bail, and then people got to talking about she, that. She called the show yeah. and stated that fact, right? And uh, and so we we then got uh, a, a email uh, from the attorney general uh, or the district attorney, what, yeah, what, Geneva what, County County District yeah. Attorney, yeah, the district attorney, yeah. not attorney general, yeah, Kirk, uh, Adams. Kirk, and he let us know that. Um, uh, the man was being held, and he had not posted a fifty dollar fine uh, and, and a bond, and he is he, he had not been released. And then we corrected that on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, but so there there's a story but, about yeah. that. Yeah, and the story, the way it's written, it it seems like we came up and reported the story and did it inaccurately. Uh, yeah, that was actually it, the caller Bridget gave us the information. Oh, I thought you said he was. Out. Yeah, and then and then we kind of were, well, it were says unpacking here, it. Producer Calvin Speedy Wilburn said he thought the man was out on fifty dollar bond. Yeah. This uh, this is actually from a story from WTVY right in Dothan. Uh-huh. Looks um, a lot like you, Greg. Oh, right. And and it says uh, of uh, the district attorney says I'm disappointed in the reporting of the naked man. He is currently in the Geneva County Jail. He's not been bonded out, and the judge has set no bond. 
you need to make sure you give the correct information. Adams told Rick and Bubba in an email. The host apologized. But as you say, Speedy, it sounds like we reported the story, and then he uh, there was outrage. Yeah, it goes on and down. He and he called yeah, us. Yeah. Well, maybe he needs but, more communication with the victim. Yeah, it goes on down to say. Well, that, the point that, is, we, we didn't say that. A caller said that. The yeah, discussion the broke who, out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once he told us that, we did correct the, the facts of the matter. Well, so. I want to be fair, though, because I'm looking at the story. I want to be fair. The line clearly says, furious Bridget then ignited a firestorm when she mm-hmm. incorrectly yeah. told popular radio host. Yeah, that line's in there. Yeah, yeah that line is in there. So yeah, they, they that's really, what I was they really, don't, they, would be clear, they yeah. really are not saying that Yeah, they we, got it right. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, so the article. Well, I'm just saying the way it was reported, it's, it's almost like we were reporting the story, but the line does say that she's the one that right. called, but you have to read in there and look at that. But well, it's yeah, the story, the story is right, but when I read it, I was like, you speak, I kind of, the, the, what I took from it, it sounded like we had reported it wrong, but it, the line is in there. Yeah. Um, so they so, do. But we're just we're just wanting to reemphasize. I right. just think it's I, I say hilarious, but just naked man and Rick and Bubba are in yeah. the headline. Yeah. No. 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 How about the, that? No. The give the headline of the story: <laughs> Naked man arrest stirs up Rick and Bubba listeners. That's mm-hmm. a great headline. And that, that is that, a great headline. While I would not want that to happen in my house, uh, and it is serious, it is funny that headline. And now we we know what the guy looks like because he's in the picture, right? And he's got clothes on, and guess what? They're orange. They they are, he is yeah. in jail. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, that's you know if if you go naked in somebody's clothes. house, the next the next out, outfit you put on will be orange. <laughs> it will be mm-hmm. orange. Everybody. Now he's got a necklace on in this. I don't remember Bridget saying if he had his necklace on or not. Right. Yeah. We, don't, we don't recall. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he had to. Probably. No. Oh, well, what was sad is where he was wearing it. <laughs> but <Nope>. the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where are you getting that info? <laughs> That's what my said. <laughs> the uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but but this story is there, and uh, and and it, it and I want to be fair to to Ken Curtis. He wrote it. He, he did a great he, job. He does have the article right. right. Yeah, he does. But I just but, we just right. wanted to reemphasize that again. I don't know why he's player. blaming Bubba. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I don't know why he's throwing. Uh, no, no, no need, real need to throw Adler on the bus. I don't know what Adler did. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Sadly, this is not the first time we've been in a headline that involved naked people. Yeah, you know, Rick, it seems to be a theme. No, it really does. You know, we had the the speedy incident. Uh, we had the rainbow people. Remember them? Yeah, naked cowboy. Yeah, naked, naked cowboy. cowboy. A lot of nakedness. Yeah. yeah. Even though he's not. We had the naked. PETA protest. The was, naked speedy. That, that had naked people in it. It did. Yeah, it did. My uh, goodness. A lot of naked. Painted naked. <laughs> My goodness. So uh, he. Uh, That's uh, kind of weird, isn't it? It said late yeah. Tuesday. Now, this is an update. Uh, late Tuesday, uh, it says that uh, they set him a $15,000 bond. $1,500, is it? No, $15,000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, on burglary charges. Both are in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just read the article. We're messing up worse again than the yeah, article. Yeah, Rick, uh, people gracious. think he's out again. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, he's. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Fifteen thousand on burglary, right. fifteen hundred yeah. on theft charge. Yeah, related. So the, I guess I didn't know you get multiple bonds based mm-hmm. on the, all the different charges. So, so do they only they let part of you out? How does that work? <laughs> what if you pay the fifteen hundred and you still 15, got the fifteen thousand? Well, I think I can handle that fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah. Bubba, for fifteen hundred, you get to stick your leg through the bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd walk outside and come back. Probably you combine the two together, and if you don't come up with all that, you can't get out. So the the overall theme here, just another day at work for us. Right, Uh, yes. But Uh uh, it was the headline. It is funny to see that headline. It is. It is. Uh And the fact that they put in the story a link to go listen to us talking about it. That's funny. Even better. So so there. And and thanks for that headline, Ken. That's a good one. Ken, can I tell you one thing? I'd like for you to research, and and I I don't think it uh, it is in the. 
the story, and I don't see it. Where did Bridget come up with that he was out on the fifty dollar yeah, yeah. bond? How, how was did that she say she called happened? or something? She called the I can't remember I what can't. she said. I thought I that's what she that said. Right, no, no, I, I was just going to say something else. I, the way we do, y'all know how we got this article? How who gave it to us this morning first? Who sent it to us? No, my wife. Are you really? serious? So she's scrolling through her email this morning. Bubba does this too. So I have an alert that any time Rick and Bubba shows up in yeah. an article on the internet. It it shoots an email to my to my wife's email address. Okay, so Wait, she the Wait, first what? thing that she sees this morning is naked man arresters of Rick and Bubba, <laughs> that's a great and she sends it to me going, "What in the world is this?" Right? Yeah, yeah that's that's a good uh, question. Yeah. Don't don't miss a minute, Amanda. So it I says, know. Uh, "Never know." He he, he awaits. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Bubba Bussy. I tell know. her all the time. Court records show he awaits trial on a Houston County drug charge following his arrest shortly. Mm. after his release from prison. So he's been in prison. Mm-hmm. He's already gotten arrested for a drug charge in Houston County wow. uh, and uh, says he served 30 months of a nine-year sentence for receiving stolen property. I believe he's going he to also that. has numerous other charges, including fraudulent possession of credit cards. So this Whew. guy's got a got a really tough rap sheet. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he'll be heading back to where he came he, from. I think yeah. he's going back to Stony Lawson. Wow. And, I like this mugshot setup <laughs> where they you can see how tall they are. For some uh, reason, oh, I yeah. like that. Always yeah. Yeah. I pictured him being taller. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah I, I did too. too. I don't know when she was telling the story. I just did. Mm-hmm. He's not all that tall. He probably well, found he him a nice little a window, space in the laundry room. If he came through a window or something, he's got to be kind of small and wiry. Well, you know, you're right. Now you can see how he got in pretty easy. Wow, he is small. Yeah, it's a little fella right there. It is. Well, that's not in a laundry piece. basket. It's not wear out his t shirt. He's slightly below average. <laughs> we will come back. Y'all want to talk to people here? Y'all got anything you want sure, to talk about? The show that brings you stories about naked people. That's right. Uh, Harry Murdahl, let's get you in there. 866 We Be Big. <laughs> we'll take phone calls and chat with the people. Uh, whatever you want to talk about when we come back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Come on, people. Ten minutes to the top of the hour. Lines are available. 866-WE-BE-BIG. Let's roll through some things you need to know uh, as Harry Murdahl's getting your uh, getting your lined up ready to go there. Uh, we've got um, yesterday's Bible study now archived on YouTube and podcast if you missed it. Uh, what does uh, the book of First Peter say about husbands and wives? Uh, check in uh, and uh, and enjoy that if you haven't already. Also, Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, out again this weekend. Our guest, David Platt, he's got a new book, Seven Things Christians Should Consider Before They Vote in November. And we'll talk to him about that on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, and the book that's available everywhere. Also, thanks to First Baptist uh, Church of Douglas, Georgia, last night. What a great time together. Uh, and as they kick off the manchurch.com's men's discipleship strategy. Uh, we had a man church last night, and then men plugged into the 40-week curriculum. Had a great time with all the folks there in Douglas, Georgia. Uh, and so uh, we'll be headed up to Avon, Indiana, uh, this coming Sunday night. Harmony Baptist Church. Uh, we're going to have a pig in the ground. Uh, we're going to have a great meal, and then we're going to have a little time uh, together as men uh, for a, a service, and then we'll kick them into the 40-week curriculum as well. Did you, uh, Bubba, I did get some people that were. They enjoyed the book last night? Yeah, well, I've had some, some people said that they, Bubba. that uh, when they when they came last night, they, they got into the curriculum. <laughs> some of them wanted to pick up their own individual copy of maybe a personal devotional. Yes. Uh, but we those were not available. Right. Yeah, we did not have those. <clears throat> some of them did sit down. It was kind of sad and watched them try to read a T-shirt. <laughs> 
But uh, but anyway, so <laughs> I'm sorry, don't get choked. <laughs> Let's go to Clyde wow. in Jackson. Clyde, thirty seconds. Go ahead. Hey, I got a question for Helmsy. All right, go ahead. Uh-oh. Did you get Did you get an email on the other story about naked lady and bargain mask stirs up one half of the Rick and Bubba show a couple years ago? <laughs> oh, what did you, what did you say? Just go on. Okay, go on. I, I don't yeah, it was a Barney Mass joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> this guy, you think that name that Harry Murdoch's put up there is Tran? Oh, Tran? Tran? Flat Rock? Yeah. Flat Rock? Go ahead. Hey, uh, I thought the debate the other night was a total chaos, but the funniest thing to me was when Biden said something about smart and Joe uh, Trump said, don't ever say anything smart to me again. <laughs> I thought that was the whole, probably the funniest thing with the whole debate. You know, I didn't hear the one that the guys are telling me about. I, it's by far the funniest to me is Antifa is just an ideology. It's not a group of people. And then Trump says, until they hit you in the head with a bat. It was real quick. I hate I miss that. It, you know, there's a lot of reviews going yeah. on about that. And, uh, you know, as we talked this morning, it, a lot of people didn't care for it. But Of course, Trump's defending Trump, his debate Trump, performance. Trump, well, he thinks it's greatest Trump said it was fun. And he said it's tremendous, I'm sure. Uh, but when he walked off the stage, we said he thinks he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> to Tracy and Montgomery. He's got he's got po- a positive thinking in a whole <laughs> level that well, I've but, never but, achieved. Some people call it delusional. <laughs> uh, Tracy and Montgomery, I-92, WLWI. Tracy, go ahead. Hi, good morning, guys. I just wanted to say I listened to you on my ride-in. and Thank you. I just appreciate I appreciate the fact that um, we have serious topics, but you, you guys give us a truthful perspective and also more important to me that you also look at things by Scripture. Um, but it's also it's a, it's a hard time for a lot of people, and we need these laughs. So thank you guys for what you do. God bless you. Well, you're thank very you kind. very much. Thanks for encouraging well, that, us. See, calls like that make yeah, you get up on. when that alarm clock goes Absolutely. off. Absolutely. It really does. Hit, 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 hit. When said, that thing hits at 3, well, you, you sleep later than I do, but when mine goes off at 3.30 some morning. I still I, can't I, figure out how you need to get up at 3.30. Yeah, I don't, I don't even get up that early, and we got an hour before you. Well, I... I don't. How are y'all getting here that quick? How long? Well, it take now you? I live three minutes away. Yeah. So, so it, it takes me from alarm clock going off to me pulling out of the driveway is one hour. Really? I'm a three forty five guy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'll push it to four every once in a while. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm out the door, showered, and everything in twenty minutes. Yeah. I can't. I can't normally do that. It takes a little longer for me to wake up and shower. So I, who I am. So I get up at four thirty. I mean, I got a lot more to wash. Yeah. I'm usually out the door in twenty to thirty minutes. <laughs> Uh, Robert and Clinton. Robert, go ahead. Thirty seconds. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, hey. hey I wanted to. I wanted. Hey, I wanted to say uh, thanks for having Gowdy on. I loved him when he was, uh, you know, there in DC. I want to say though, I, I had a, a an argument with him this morning, Bubba. I think you kind of, you know, you pressed him on the issue a little bit, but that's what's wrong with America right now. What's happening in DC for Gowdy to say? Hey, you know, they've done something wrong, but can I prove that? Yeah. That doesn't apply to you and I. If we had done. A- yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, well and, guys, and I don't know how to yeah. tell you this. The way the, the government operates and the way we operate isn't the same. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, that's what's sad. It should no, be. I know. That's, there, that's, there's yeah. a couple of laws that we need to take off the books. Treason yeah. is one of them. <clears throat> Sedition is one of them because we just don't do it anymore. And if we're not going to charge people with it, get it off the books. Don't don't play the game. You know, Craig, but, but he's right. right. He's right about due process and what it takes to get a conviction. And I understand that. But I, I wanted to hear what he had to say about it, and I thought he covered it great. 
Craig in Gardendale. I think you're in for a treat tonight if you're going to that. I'm kind of jealous. Oh, no question. I'm kind of jealous, really. Uh, Craig, go ahead, 30 seconds. Yeah, one of the things, it is great to have a conversation, but you can't talk to people who will not listen. And we've got a leftist group that's at war with us, and we're not at war with them. And I give that examples. I mean, we've got a Democrat Party supporting people tearing up and destroying businesses, killing police officers, and killing other people. So it's kind of hard to debate with someone like that until we wake up and play the game. We're, we're, we're going to lose this you, you know, you make a great point, and, and I really do feel this way. We, we have gone to war to preserve the American way of life. And you know when the president is sworn in and these the Supreme Court judges and all that, what do they do? They say that they will defend the Constitution against enemies abroad and within. Okay, so they knew we were going to have people within that were going to try to overthrow our way of government, our system. And I think... I think we need to be at war with these people who are Marxist. I do. I, I don't think there is no, no doubt. And everybody wants peace, but the, the ultimate way to have peace is to win the battle. Right. And people who are Marxist, we have no, we have no common ground with them. There is no negotiating with them. We need to win that battle. Yeah, peace only follows one thing, and that's all out victory. Yeah, I, I don't mind us debating on political issues, but there are Marxists out there who want to overthrow our system of government. And I, I am against that. I no, but, but absolutely here, not. Here's the problem, and you were 100 percent right. That's exactly what President Trump should have said. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to win the war, then you have to communicate that point clearly. Right. And and why didn't you? Well, do, it, do you, it was a missed opportunity yeah. on several levels. Do you realize we've gotten to Doesn't the place? Mean I mean, how like long did that take you to say? Don't that? mean we don't love him. How long did that take you to say that? Uh, I don't know. Fifteen seconds. Okay. Twenty, maybe. Do you realize we've gotten 30. to a place in this country where if you re- wear a hat representing the President of the United States, y- you could get beat up, you could get harassed, you're called a racist. I mean, that's for the, the President's office now. And there's so much disrespect for that office now that, I mean, we've been very hard on Trump, rightly so, but Biden called him a clown, called him stupid, and a oh, racist. Yeah, yeah. Total disrespect for the office of the president, right. which we've never had like this yeah, before. Yeah, but we have to be consistent. If we don't like yeah. what Biden says, then we can't like what Trump says yeah. when he says the same thing. Well, I just said, I just said, yeah. I know, it's I both sides. I'm yeah. just saying. I would have done the same thing if I was Biden. Yeah. After, I, I'd had enough to. I would, well, I mean, well, but I mean, they were, bu- I mean, nobody was right now. No, they I were mean, not. Well, the, well, when we let Bill Clinton do what he did, then we didn't care about being presidential anymore. No, yeah, we I mean, just, we, we just gone away. in the elevator shaft right then. But that, we've, we've been falling since. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you get down there with them. No, right. It, I mean, it means that you just, always say this is the way it should be. Yeah. And it's um, embarrassing. The whole thing, start to finish, was embarrassing. Yeah. Both both candidates. Absolutely. And like you said, how can a Democrat want to live in a world that you can't wear the hat of the party you support without somebody trying to beat you up? That's amazing. Nobody should be for that. Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Trey Gowdy, you are listening to the Rick and Bubba Show. Six minutes. Six minutes past the hour of the Rick and Bubba Show. 866-WE-BE-BIG is our number. And we thank you for being with us as we start another hour. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, and Eddie Van Adler are all here. 
Perry Murdahl taking phone calls at 866-WE-BE-BIG. We'll get to those. Welcome back for a brand new hour. There. Oh, this is Tom Landry. Hey, there's Tom, Tom Landry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, welcome back. That's a bigger story than a naked man drinking bottles. How about this? Huh? If Tom Landry's back, we got we got a story to talk about. Somebody get the Dallas Times on the line. That's right. A little different bank we're on over here. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, so let's um, we, there's there's a couple things that, that we can talk about. There's still a lot of calls standing by, and and we'll get into some of those uh, at eight six six. We be big. We'll we'll start with uh, Charlie and Wetumpka. Charlie, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. How are you? Doing good, guys. Hey. I just wanted to touch a little bit on uh, what Bubba was saying, you know, about going to war with these guys, man. You know, we, we joke and we cut up about, you know, Biden and everything going on. But at the end of the day, guys, you know, I've put off having children just to see what happens in this election. I mean, at the end of the day, I am scared to death of what will happen if this man is elected. Charlie, can I give you some advice? Absolutely. There's reason to be concerned. But don't be that worried about it. Yeah, I, I would go if you're if you're making family decisions on it. I would say I would go ahead and be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, are you a man of right. faith, Charlie? Are you are you a man of faith? Do you have a biblical worldview? Yes, sir. I'm a Christian. All right. So what does what does the Bible say about every single person that is allowed to go into a government position? I'm not a hundred percent sure. It says God puts them there. Uh, so, <laughs> so allows it. <laughs> so, as, as, as Steve Farrar said beautifully, who's a kind of a mentor for a lot of men, and, and I love him and, and, uh, and what he's done. And he said, "You have to understand, this really isn't out of control. It's all under God's control." Now, right. now, now, here's the issue: as Jesus told us, as the Bible clearly tells us, in the fallen creation, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And in the fallen creation, the way we think things should go doesn't go. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, an incredible man of faith, we know that at the very beginning of his ministry, when he meets Jesus on the road and he, and he is confronted, that he had spent his life being passionately wrong about who was Messiah. He was persecuting the very church that then, after being redeemed, he began to advance. But when Ananias is told to go see him, don't miss one of the things that Ananias was told to tell Paul. Tell him all he must suffer for me. And Paul did. Uh, incredible, right. uh, incredible suffering. But the suffering was to ref- refine Paul to, make, to keep him from being conceited. Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, you're allowing these things to happen to me, to humble me, and ultimately to make me fully dependent on you. So I celebrate calamity. I celebrate persecution. I celebrate insults because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So instead of you being terrified, what God's trying to teach you is to be dependent and rest in him. See, he's showing you that you feel like you're out of control. You know why? Because you are. You can't. There's certain things you can't change. Yep. And, and, you, and you feel like, well, man, I want more control of my life. And no, what you need to do is give God more control of your life. And, uh, and, and so, so understand that and, and, and rest in that, like Bubba was talking about and know that, that God has not left his throne. Uh, and, and so you need to rest in that and whatever he allows to happen is all part of him working out the plan exactly the way he wants it to go. Now that doesn't mean you don't participate. 
Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mean just because God is sovereign doesn't mean we sit around and go, well, we don't do anything. It doesn't right. mean that at all. Uh, we're trying to find ourselves in the middle of his will for our individual lives, which ultimately should lead to a, a world or a nation where the church are all living out the uh, the call to their individual life to be in the middle of God's will. So, so don't don't live like that. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we're to be anxious about nothing. Yeah, that we're not, not. You know, Paul tells Timothy, remember to tell him we're not called to a spirit of fear. So, uh, so how does that look living it out? I think if you and your wife are ready to have a family, have a family, and work the freedom and political system we've been blessed with by God again to make changes in a positive way. But we need to to be clear about what we're up against. Identify people that we need to work against and, and work against them in a heartily way. Yeah. So, so I, I hope that because I really, I really do think that some of our own that. people in our country are a bigger threat right now than foreign governments. Without question. And, and I think if we can get back to having discussions, I, I think about, you know, the things, well, I, I think about last night. I mean, I, I think about this and I remember in the beginning, I remember being, you know, and that's just the human side going, well, if I don't see certain responses for what God is going to have me say to this group of men, you know, I'm going to walk out of there feeling defeated. I'm going to feel like, man, I just, that was just not, wasn't successful at all. And God, through his refinement in me, is like, no, just do what I tell you to do. I may take you and I may put you on a plane and I may send you to Douglas, Georgia, and I might bring, uh, you know, 160 something men and sit them in a room and I might take you there and go take you through this entire process to talk to one guy. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's 163 of them in the room, I think it was something like that, 165 and 164 walk out and you don't see, and they're just kind of like, yeah, we heard what you said, but, eh. but there's one guy in there mm-hmm. that said, well, this is the day that God said to me exactly what I needed to hear. It happened in my own life. Yeah. You, you think the pastor that finally convicted me of the true, uh, state of my life was the first person to ever attempt that. Oh no! But 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 when but finally there was the day that it was said in a way that I went, that's it, and and, and we need to do that. I mean, I know people. Look, I, there's things about me politically that are not the same now as they once were, because I finally started listening to someone make the case that I really think this is the way it should be or the way that it is. And finally, not the very first time. So we we can't be afraid to keep saying here's why we see the world spiritually here's how we see the world politically and those two things should get together as best they can um and 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 then be able to explain why and i think you'd be surprised i think we if we don't see some big mass movement of of change we think well man this is just a waste of time but what if you you might be working on it one person at a time Mm-hmm. And uh, until you, you know, it goes and a back. lot of watering for things sprout. Yeah, I, and and for us as the church, you can't. And Tony Evans said this uh, even before we got to this day. You can't fix spiritual problems with worldly solutions. <laughs> and I think sometimes we expect the government to fix things that only the church can fix. Yeah, it's a spiritual problem. And and I got news for you. There's nothing real spiritual about a worldly government. Well, think about this too, Rick. I mean, just by our founding documents, it's we the people. Uh, the government is a reflection of what we are and what we allow them to be. You're right. When you watched that debate the other night and when you watched the news, you, you said it and you watch our cities, we might as well be standing there with a mirror yeah. because we're looking into our own reflection. Yep. These people have no power that we don't give them. 
and, and, and that we go out and choose these kinds of people because Ooh. that's who we are. And, uh, and so the government will always reflect the current state of the people. So the people are who have to change. I, I, you know, some guy that's sitting up there or some woman saying, I want political power. Eh. You know, you look for the best people you can, but you really might want to convince the people who actually place the votes. And maybe those people will change how they mm-hmm. pick and how we pick. Yep. So, and, but you can only pick for what is presented to you. And, uh, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone. You heard Trey Gowdy. I mean, he served four terms and said, I just don't, I don't want to be here anymore. A lot of people look at the government, I'm one of them, and say, I really want no part of that. So then you get, then you end up with what? Picking the people that don't mind being there. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> we'll be back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Start with Baldy out of Tuscumbia. Baldy, welcome. How are you, buddy? Baldy, I hope you can test again. Say test one, two. Test one, two. All right, Baldy, you're good. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw or not. Uh, two things I want to touch on the debate. Uh, one, what is y'all's thoughts on when Trump brought it brought up uh, Biden's son in the war? Uh, Either whether he meant Bo or Hunter, I don't know if that was a right thing politically or personally to do, bringing up family. And also, a funny thing, when they were both bickering back and forth, uh, Chris, uh, Chris was telling them, uh, telling Trump to, uh, to just let Biden finish. And Biden said, ha, huh, he can't even do that. And Trump said, Yo, yes, I can, or something like that. I don't know. It was really funny just checking to that. I thought I'd let y'all. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that Hunter Biden is fair game because he he is he's done things that politically mm-hmm. should concern mm-hmm. people. You start getting into people's families when they're not really tied to anything that involves the people of the United States. I think that's over the line. I don't know why uh, Biden started laying out. I must have missed. Now, good. I, I will tell you, I got to the point where I almost couldn't watch the mm-hmm. debate. But I, I never understood how Biden got into the talk about about his son serving in Iraq. Well, how did he start that? He was he was insinuating that that what that the made up story about how Trump was talking about uh, servicemen and women that calling had, them had, losers had, 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 and all that, and, which and, and, and never he, happened. And he said he never was insulted happened. as a parent of someone that had served, okay. and and then that's and how you know, he got into that, it. That whole thing was made up. It, 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 no one can verify that. And look, based off what Trump has done and said and where he's put his money and time, do you think he would say that? No. The people that I know that are in the military, the people that call this show in the military, you know, the left may have a lot of things you can make hay with. Uh, I don't think you're going to get people in the military to say that Trump has not been good to them. Yeah. Yeah. And Doug Jones is running commercials based on the same thing, you know, attacking Tommy, saying he supports the president. He called the servicemen suckers. Well, not me. I'm support the servicemen. Look, I'd find something else to harp on, boys, because nobody buys that. 
No, the leftists don't have – I don't think y'all need to play the card to vote for us because we're good for the military. Yeah. You, you haven't really yeah. proven that you are. Yeah, Trump is anti-military. I'm your military guy. I be, You know, I really think you need to find another point. I think you're wasting your money on that one. If you want to say we're the big government guy and we're the high-tax people, sure, go right we're gonna We're going to tax you into oblivion. We're going to give all your money away to somebody else. Fine. Mm-hmm. If that's what everybody wants, that's dandy. But I think you're just wasting time. And you look silly, quite frankly. I think Biden tried to do, you know, like Speedy said, he he was trying to bring that up and inject it into the conversation, and and then kind of tried to make act when Trump was clearly talking about Hunter, tried to do a bait and switch. Oh, you talking about my son Bo? Nobody's talked about Bo. Right. Nobody's talking in a negative way. Nobody, you know, it's not a part of the topic because he didn't do crazy things. That looks like they were bribes for his dad. That's right. why he's not in that conversation. Well, that's the reason why I say Hunter Biden's fair game because yes, it, it's is. tied to his dad being vice president at the time. Well, Rick, it is suspicious yep. when the son of the sitting vice president is getting huge payouts of millions of dollars, and he's getting prestigious prestigious in the fact that he's paid a lot of money to be on a board for something he has no expertise in. It looks like it's a little under-the-table money for access or to get Dad to do a favor. That's exactly what it looks well, like. Well, also, uh, Joe Biden bragging about that he told them they weren't going to get money if they started investigating his son. That doesn't look good either. No, Joe said that out of his own mouth. Yeah, I mean, that, that was not even up for debate. He said out of his own mouth on video the thing that they tried to impeach Trump You're talking for. about quid pro quo? Yes, Prid, quid pro quo <laughs> and – Quid pro se. Per <laughs> really? se. To the phones, we continue. Uh, let's go to Dennis. I might have to work on that one. Dennis and <laughs> Slocum. Hey, Dennis, go ahead, buddy. Morbidity. Hey, man, I appreciate no, you, you taking my call. Morbid. I really appreciate everything that you guys do on the radio. We we all do. My question, or I've got to lay this out first before I ask the question. I'm new at going to church. I've only been going a couple of years, three or four years, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like a small child about it. Understood. But but when people in a church say they follow Jesus, and then they go and give power to abortion, the rights, immorality, and knowing the things that they do, is this where Jesus basically was talking about because you're hot or cold? I'll spit you out, basically while trying to walk both sides of the fence. I appreciate your answer. Uh, the answer is no, that's not what Jesus is talking about um, in uh, in the book of Revelation. But here's what you're going to get, and I understand your point. We're going to talk to David Platt about that today in Rick and Bubba University. But here's what you're going to, to hear. There's going to be people that say, well, there's Republican things that are not very Christian either. And Republicans are picking some things that they think are biblically sound, but there's things about the Republican Party that aren't biblically sound. Over here on the Democratic side, we, I'm not saying it's accurate, but I'm just talking, you asked me to tell you how people think it through. On the Democratic side, I mean, they're wrong on where life begins, they're wrong on God's standard of marriage, they're wrong on gender, but they want to take care of people. And Jesus said take care of orphans and take care of widows. Matter of fact, the book of James says that's, that's pure religion to take care of orphans and take care of widows, and Democrats care more about poor people. They care more about the working, da- people. working people, the downtrodden, and that's a Christian concept as well. So we're, we're, we're all on both sides picking things that, that are in line with our faith, and then we're tolerating things that are not. There's not one party that's, that's, that's purely Christian. 
Uh, and so we, that doesn't play into our Christianity. That's what you're going to hear. Now, I'm not saying not, you, you know those cases need to be made, but that's exactly what you're going to hear. So that explains that. And what Jesus is talking about uh, to the church at Laodicea is that they're delusional. The church is delusional about their true state. They think they're wealthy, but they po- they're poor. They think they're doing these things, but they're wretched. And he says, the, 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 in those days at Laodicea, they could they had the ability at this very rich uh, part of the country or the world to get clean water, which was hard to come by, mm-hmm. that was good for drinking. And they were able to also access to hot springs, which is good for hygiene and cleanliness, therapeutic. And he said hot water is useful and cold water is useful, but you as the church, I spit you out of your mouth because you're not hot or cold because Jesus never says in Scripture that I would prefer that you would be against me. You know, you either are for or against me. That's not his preference. What he's saying is I would rather you be cold water or hot water because you're neither, which means you're of no use to me. And then he says I stand at the door, and we can certainly preach that as a gospel message, but that's not what he's talking about right here. There's nothing wrong with it being a gospel message, but I'm not saying that. He's knocking at the door of that church saying you're having church and I'm not in there. Somebody needs to come to the door and let me in. Uh, So that's what that scripture is about. And I don't know if it's addressed in the Bible or it was later uh, writings or some historical things, but if I'm not mistaken, they also were experimenting with aqueducts and bringing water into the city. And they had tried to to bring in hot water, and it, it was cold by the time it got there, and they couldn't keep the cold water. So they had a lukewater, lukewarm water problem, too. So yeah. I think that was kind of a, a a term they were very familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying be all in or not. He was He's speaking to usefulness. Right. right. Uh, the analogy of the water is not that he would prefer that you – I'd rather you just be against me. Are for me. That's that's not. He wants you to be all in. He, yeah. This is mm. this is be be useful. If we but, can put it in Rick and Bubba terms. <laughs> and 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 the bottom line is, he says the church. <laughs> at La- he said the church at Laodicea, which many think is the modern day Western Church, uh, that we are the same way. Is you're calling yourself church, but you're not really a church at all, and you're delusional. You're about, playing church about how wretched you really are. You want to go out and buy all these wealthy things? What I want you to buy, he said, I want you to buy gold that's been refined by fire. You haven't been refined. You haven't you haven't proven. You haven't passed the test. That's what you need to be buying. And um, and that's really what that is about. Bottom of the hour, 866-WE-BE-BIG is the number. More of the Rick and Bubba Show coming up. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Five minutes past the hour, the Rick and Bubba Show. Thanks for being with us. Uh, phone callers are standing by. We're going to chat with you. We, we have Bridget's called back. Boy, Bridget calls the firestorm uh, here on the program. There's even a follow-up article. Uh, I do want to point you to butcherbox.com slash Bubba. Man, I just love when that old butcher box, when, he, when the baby comes to the door, take out what you want to go ahead and eat immediately, put the rest of it in the freezer, be ready to go. And you're getting delicious um Meats and seafood delivered directly to your door. Butcherbox.com slash Bubba has over 20 different cuts of meat to choose from. Their boxes ship fresh uh, right to your door. Their website loaded with awesome recipes for the whole family. So, you know, because some of you may say that, hey, I, I've got these meats, and I wish I would, knew how to grill a little better, knew how to prepare them. You got any good recipes? Yeah, they got them right there at butcherbox.com slash Bubba. Save money, get free ground beef for life. 
free ground beef for life. If you go to butcherbox.com slash Bubba right now and say, I would like to uh, start this process and I would like to order some delicious uh, meats. It could be their, their grass-finished and grass-fed beef. It could be their seafood. I love the seafood. Their salmon's got that old good rich color. You can tell how uh, wild-caught and delicious. Their scallops are great. Butcherbox.com slash Bubba, or there's a link at rickandbubba.com under the sponsors. All right, Bubba, look, we've got, we, we've got, uh, we, we got Bridget standing by. Bridget? Bridget, she's caused all kinds of problems on the show. Bridget, you got any information today we need to know about? Bridget, <laughs> Bridget, you, got, Bridget, Bridget you got us in trouble with the district attorney. No, no, no. No, I didn't. And that's all I was telling somebody. I don't get to listen to the radio at work, so I didn't know all this was going on. But <laughs> when I read the article yesterday, I was quite pissed off. Because, first of all, I didn't give any misinformation. Well, Bridget, I, I, I mean, I, I, according to the Attorney General, you did. Okay, okay. District let me tell you what I, I did. As soon as all this happened, I immediately started calling the jail. And I knew that they had 72 hours to put charges on the guy. So when I called, I called the jail repeatedly. They're probably so sick of me. And primarily because every five minutes my children are asking, is he out of jail? Because they know. Of course, they're terrified. Yeah, they're terrified. So I called the jail repeatedly. When he finally had the charges, the guy that answered the phone at the jail. Now, I have sent, because the DA's office, somebody did call me very nice and explain what he was being charged with. When I called you the first time, I had called the jail, and they explained that I don't know if whatever he was going to be charged, and I don't know if they have a paper by the computer that says this charge is this much bond. I don't know. I don't know where he got it from. I've never been in jail, never been in trouble, so I don't have a clue how bond works. I was told he would have a $500 bond and could bond out of jail for roughly 10% of that. That is correct. That's where the dollars come from. I didn't make it up. I didn't pull it out of my butt. I mean, that's what I was told. (laughs) And I was furious. Yeah, sadly, somebody was in your house pulling things out of their butt. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, probably. So, all right, so, <laughs> well, Bridget, I think you're you know, saying I don't, I don't you simply th- gave us yeah. the information the jail had given you, and nobody Correct. nobody was trying to do misinformation. Yeah. You told Absolutely us the information not. that you were told, and they did a great job. The district uh, district attorney's office said that was incorrect information. They gave you the mm-hmm. right information. They gave us the right information, uh, and now it's all been cleared up. And this is the. As of right this very minute, because again, for my kids' sake, I call every hour to see if he has been bonded out. I do know. I myself picked the phone up and called a bondsman in Geneva County. He can bond out for $860 and a cosigner. And to me, that's still not enough. Now, granted, everybody deserves whatever their day in jail. But what I'm most angry about is he was butt naked, my 12-year-old daughter and my 8-year-old son. My 8-year-old son walked in on him. Mm. So like he had so, an indecent exposure charge. He gets none of that. Yeah, I don't know. He, of course, I guess, you know, he had some shorts on, though, right? No, he had nothing on. I gave him a beach towel to cover up with so he could walk. You know, my neighbors have children. My kids were at the neighbors. Did he have the necklace on? There was a necklace on that he has on in the picture. Yeah, he had his necklace on. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I see it in the yeah. picture. Here. I see where, the, that's all he had on. But, there. but, but what? But, but, it, it, so, so, where was his clothes? Yeah, did y'all ever find his clothes? Were they out? Did he leave I, them somewhere? No, they were nowhere, nowhere in my house. Wow. But he dumped a dirty a basket of dirty laundry out that had a p- couple pair of Nike little shorts. He could have put something on, but well, obviously well. he was too high. And I do want to make this too. Like I was pissed when this happened because my kid was twice. terrified. 
That is our safe haven. Well, of course you home. would be. Hey, look, there's nothing so that is a bigger insult that. than for somebody to come into your house uninvited. It is one of the ultimate insults, and your reaction was founded. So you don't have to apologize for your reaction. Yeah. My thing is, I did say, to, you know, the, the cops were amazing, but once the adrenaline comes down, my kids were gone. I did kneel right beside this boy because I know he's somebody's child. I have kids that aren't grown yet, so who's to say they won't end up on the same path? I pray God never. God forbid. But yeah, God forbid. I did say to the boy, you need help. Yeah. You need some help. No you doubt. You need to get help. Go put yourself in rehab. If you go into a long-term program, then I'll go to court and on your behalf. But you need help. Right. Because not only did he terrify my kids, that could have ended so differently. And we oh, could have yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there'd yeah. be even more trauma for everybody involved. So we understand so, you had bad you had bad information. You were very angry, rightfully so. We, we hope this person gets their life together. We hope that they ultimately reach redemption, and then they can take care of their physical addictions as well. And we hope that whatever happens, he gets back on his feet. But when you look at his rap sheet, I think that probably the best thing for him and certainly the best thing for your your house, someone needs to put this young man in jail for an extended period of time so that he can, oh, get, yeah. the, so he can get the help that he needs because he's proven that he can't be let out of jail and do the right thing. He has, he, he has, he has a rap sheet, and he needs help, and they need to keep him uh, you know, uh, locked up longer so that he can get the help that he needs, and maybe that'll be able to turn it around for him. So, Bridget, uh, and I hope, but but I just wanted to clear up. I did not call and make, pull that number out of you know that was given. Right, to I, me, I think I, there was a miscommunication there, Bridget, and it and just I got amplified by the radio show. All mm-hmm. right, it was not the, the jail are not idiots. The jail, are, I mean, I think they really just saw the charge that he initially had. Maybe they've added more. Yeah. I don't know, but I can tell you, he was charged for nothing for scarring my child for life my kid will never feel safe going in the yard like he's terrified yeah well you and got you, well, you, you for that that's right but you walk through it with him and you yeah. pray for him that, that spiritually though he can he can get back to a place of no fear it's just gonna take some time uh but you're yeah. right but you're right you you can't you can never take back the exposure of this man to your children i mean that's something that yeah. that he did that nobody can fix uh except for nope. the, except for the lord so thank you very much. Appreciate that, Bridget. And I'm sorry you, your family's been through that. Um, and she just wanted to clarify, she gave the information that she was given, and the information she was given was incorrect. So there was no attempt to put out bad information. There was no attempt to do faulty reporting. Uh, this was the information she was given from the number you're supposed to call. A little bit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reminds me of the great Shakespearean play, A Comedy of Errors, Rick. It, it but was. the system worked itself out. The DA contacted us. We corrected the information. Everybody's good. Rick is in Madison. Rick. Rick, thanks for your patience, buddy, and welcome to Rick and Bubba. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. I wanted to talk about your your discussion on, you know, um, the Democrats having the moral high ground on charity. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, I said that's what they're going to say. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what they're going to say. Because he, know, he, was wondering, he was wondering how someone could be Christian and be Democrat, and I said, well, here's what they will say. So that, that was my point. I see. Because, you know, in the Bible, the examples are, you know, the, the individual, the family, and the church being the ones that, that are primarily given charity and, and helping the poor. There's mm-hmm. no examples of really the government doing that. I agree. Right. And, and right. We, You're we, correct. And we've said that, and that's always my argument, and it may be a discussion today with uh, looking at some of the things in the book, possibly with David Platt, is I think we have to be careful, Rick, and you're all over this, to say that the charity part is the role of government, period. 
Uh, it, a, a scripture doesn't say that. And um, as a matter of fact, government has picked that up, and I'm not too sure they did it for the right reasons. I think there was a lot more vote buying than there was goodness involved in some of that, at yeah. least now. Yeah, I, I don't think the government, to, to oversimplify your point, but I know this is what you're saying, First of all, in Scripture, you never find a constitutional republic, so it's hard to find specific, right. detailed Scripture. People on, didn't have freedom of speech. On a constitutional yeah. republic. But you can look at some general tenets of the role of government. They are there. And uh, I'm with you. I think sometimes we as the church uh, expect the government to do the mandates that were actually given to the church. I agree with you on that. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Um <laughs> <laughs> To, it, it, it is funny. you got to admit, back to the Comey interview, it is. that he claims when he's under, he's he's on the witness stand that there's a lot of things he can't remember, but he's turning out books and movie scripts so fast. How do you turn all those out when you can't remember the details? I got an email from somebody that's already watching the thing, and they said they watched two episodes and had to stop. It was so one-sided. And, oh, and basically, this is think? Comey's way to get paid for, to, for people to make him look good. Yep. yep. To Anna in Tuscaloosa. Anna, go ahead. Hey, um, hey guys, good morning. Hey. I wanted to ask how y'all feel about this coach running for local election. Who? Coach in Alabama. Coach. I don't want to say his name because, but Tommy Tupperville. Well, he's running for U.S. Senate. Yeah, he's running for U.S. Senate. Yes. Um, I'm certainly not going to vote for Doug Jones, so I'll vote for the coach. I'm not voting for Doug Jones, a, a far leftist. No way, no how. Okay. Well, I was just kind of wanting to know y'all's opinion. And um, now, really, let me ask you this: Tommy Tupperville has done for Alabama, so I'm really truly. What's Doug Jones done? Opinion. What's Doug Jones done for Alabama? He, he's voted against um, our positions on about everything. Now, if you're a leftist, if you're a leftist, then you should vote for Doug Jones. I, I'm not a leftist. Like the man that you all are talking to Bridget about, that man doesn't. That young man doesn't need to go back to jail. He needs some mental health care. And it seems that we've gotten to this point where. Now jail is where we need to send people to get help. But as a mother of a five-year-old in kindergarten, that breaks my heart. Uh, Anna, if he, I, I'm all for him getting help while no, he's in jail. No question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anna, let me ask you this: This Tuberville thing. I see you're from Tuscaloosa. Are they? Are there under? Well, I'm from Anniston, Alabama. Really, Ted? Um, I work there. Well, it I went says to university. Anna, your phone is cutting out just enough. I can't. I'm not sure what you're saying. Can you hear me? Well, yes. I heard her. She said vote for Tuberville. (laughs) Hello? Yeah. Yeah, so you want us to vote for Tuberville. Was that the point? (laughs) Um, Actually, I just wanted to know if we still care about health care and mental health and and reform in Alabama because we we need local leadership and words matter. And Tommy Tuberville, I don't see, is going to be doing anything for the people of Alabama. Y'all remember what he said after the 98 season at Ole Miss? Oh, so this is about wow. football, not wow. about no. It's politics. not. It's about words. It's about. It's. I mean, people. Your word matters. He, he didn't or say it. He, was, he wasn't. He wasn't a senator. Anna, was are you? A, are you a Democrat? <laughs> my goodness. I don't. I don't identify with the party because I've been a Republican my entire life. I mean, but I'm a more. I'm a Christian. I've gone to church. Right. I've whoa, whoa, done whoa. mission work. Now I got to throw a flag. Yeah, so you're going. You're going to vote for a candidate that believes that abortion, abortion at any stage of pregnancy. Who said it, I was voting for Doug Jones? Well, if you, if you don't vote for Tommy Tupperville, you are. <laughs> or you're not I voting. Are you, or maybe, for Tommy Tupperville. Well, if you say I'm not going to vote. Then you're writing like, somebody in. I didn't say I wasn't going to vote. But really, it's not about who I'm going to vote for. I just kind of want to know. It actually is. If, if you're not going to vote for Tommy Tupperville, there's not another choice but Doug Jones. Yeah, it really. 
All of that's well, muted. What now. if I was still deciding? I guess I want to know what what Doug Jones would do for, has done for Alabama because he's got a tangible track sheet, and then I want to know what Tommy Tupperville's well, plans are. I would let so my fa- so trash on Rick and Bubba. <laughs> to the top of the hour. Rick and Bubba show. So, um, I think to, to what Anna's last comment was, and I actually went over on the break trying to give her more time. Um, if you take your narrative that Tommy Tuberville has no record in government, that is correct. Doug Jones does, and that's why I wouldn't vote for it. Because I, I know what Doug Jones is going to do. Well, I will say this. Uh, Tommy Tuberville announced he will be donating his entire salary to veterans in the Senate. Well, maybe. And that, I don't think that's new. I think he's been doing some work for them. Yeah, but what about 98, what he said it don't mean? <laughs> well, Something I, about a pine box. The old pine box. <laughs> frankly, it has, him, frankly yeah. it has nothing to do with anything right now. It really does. I'm glad people don't hold me to what I said in 98. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Good night. Sandy. Mm-hmm. Also they from said Tuscan. they'll take him out of the Senate in a pine box. Sandy. Hey, y'all. Hey, Sandy, it sounds like, uh, I tell you, we, we, that's what we have to do with Doug Jones. He'll stay there forever <laughs> if we let him. Uh, how about <laughs> Sandy? Um, it looks like Tuscaloosa. She just turned into a bunch of libs. <laughs> Listen, as someone who has lived here 56 years of her life, it is as purple and about to turn as blue as you can get. Wow. It is scary. Um, and I don't know if y'all have been following Glenn Beck, but I've been watching the, Glenn Beck watching the TV and everything. And Living in this university town, growing up here, and it has been so traditional and conservative and raised on the values that my parents, you know, raised me on going to church every Sunday and Wednesday and being a good Christian. It is changing dramatically. And it's been a, it, it, I can see it now, but it has been a slow, gradual change. Um, and it is really, I think the university has a lot to do with it because yeah, it does. professors yeah. professors that are mm-hmm. coming in from not they're not from the south and they don't have our no. traditional values and the university student body for the first time I think has recently there are more out of state students that go there than there are in state students and they're, so they're call, some of them are calling right now. well you know you it go has a cr- <laughs> tremendous effect and i will tell you when i decided that i was i was moving now after my son graduates we're, we're going to leave tuscaloosa there's a big intersection in tuscaloosa and it's um 15th street and mcfarland boulevard it's yep. like right there kind of oh, yeah. a big is. hub and there's a there's a big uh one of those new electronic billboards mm-hmm. right at that intersection and i was sitting there one day and it was something that caught my eye it was pink and a uh, pink and orange flashing sign and i looked up and it was a young, young girl with a, a pregnant silhouette, and it said, "Your body, your choice." And it gave a number, you know, you have options and a local number to call. And I cannot live in a town that promotes abortion. I can't. Well, it's going to be hard to find a town. Yeah, well, uh, uh, if you find that town, you need to share it because I it'd be I think it'll explode. But uh, yeah, listen, it's. Uh, University towns, and this is the thing we we've always said on at universities: we need diversity of opinion, 
most of these most of these universities started with with, uh, Christians and very strict, um, you know, conservative type folks. And they went along with this idea of, well, well, let's let's hear. Let's let everybody have their voice. And but what was funny as the left populated the area, they decided not to let Christians have their voice. They turned and, and went right opposite with it. So I think as conservatives, as Americans, uh, as people who believe in the American way, um, I think we made a critical mistake and just assuming that academia would see the success of capitalism, see the success of the free enterprise system, see what America had accomplished, and they would teach that and preach that and bring up students to follow that. But we were wrong. And I think there, we're going to have to have a concerted effort to get back into uh, to teaching and education and academia and weed back out these people and take that back over. Just like we had to, at one time, we were blocked out of the media. And we have made inroads on the media. Now, we don't control the media by any stretch. But we do have outlets now, so there is at least a diversity of thought in things. So we need to do the same thing for education. Well, the diversity of thought is that I have no issue at all with my children learning to critically think and, and, and to figure out why they believe what they believe. But that's not what's happening now. What's happening now, we had, and Bubba just laid out, but there's people who've actually gone through the history of the professors when there used to be this percentage conservative, this percentage liberal, which was great. That way your kids can go there and learn how to critically think. But there's a difference in being exposed to critical thinking and being indoctrinated into a worldview that has no opposing view. Uh, they, it's getting on the university campuses. You don't have any conservative view no, none. whatsoever, none. and that's not learning to critically think. No, nope. that's, that's indoctrination. In, that's indoctrination, one hundred. And there's a big difference in education, critical thinking, and indoctrination. And I don't know why people in education tend to drift to the liberal side. I don't know why that is, or Supreme Court justices. It's a, it's a natural phenomenon. It appears. It is funny to watch all these mainly conservatives come onto these liberal campuses, tailgate, and then go watch a lot of liberals play football. (laughs) (laughs) Top of the hour. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Radio's Dream Team. Rick Burgess. Bill Bubba Bussey, Calvin Speedy Wilbur, The Real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, and Eddie Van Adler. Six minutes past the hour, broadcast, plaza, and teleport, Team Rick and Bubba, all here and ready to go. We never Welcome back for a brand new hour. Look right there. There's Bill Bubba Bussey. Rick. Glad and honored to be here. Thank all of you for being part of the Rick and Bubba experience. All right, so piles and piles of calls. Um, Everybody's still talking. A lot going on. I mean, looking at the calls and looking what's uh, out there, I I think we can continue with them because you guys are doing a great job of coming up with good discussion today. Don't forget Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, coming out this weekend. We interviewed David Platt. Uh, he's got a brand-new book uh, right before the election, uh, and it's talking about seven questions every Christian should ask uh, before you vote. And he, he starts out, I was reading a little bit of it yesterday, 
we're talking about that day that he was getting ready to preach, and he gets uh, the Secret Service saying, hey, the president's here and wants you all to pray for him, uh, and, uh, and how he had to make a split decision as the pastor about bringing the leader of the free world out and praying over him and all the fun that began after that, even within the church body. So we'll talk to him about that and, and the book uh, for Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. It will be out this weekend, uh, so uh, take time to enjoy that wherever you get podcasts. Um, all right, so a number of topics still out here on the board uh, talking about last hour, but some of you that have been on hold the longest, I'm going to start with you and, and work our way back. Bill is in Fulton, Alabama, and Bill, you've been there a while, and I appreciate your patience, and you're on the Rick and Bubba Show. Go ahead. Hey, glad to be a part of the Rick and Bubba Army. Yeah, we're glad you're there. It means a lot to us. Hey, I, I just come across an article uh, on September 24th. It was in the Huffington Post. A lady, an attorney, uh, decided that the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh the appropriate response for, for her was to join the Satanic Temple. I'm sorry. Say, say, say that again. I, I, what? <laughs> she decided after she heard about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg that she was going to go out and join the Satanic Temple. Could you could you just give me a, could you give me in a nutshell what her motivation for that was? Yes, it says uh, I'm not the type of person. Uh, I'm going to just read a little bit. Easy. Not Easy. Don't read me a lot. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love for you to tell me what it says, but, but go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, basically, she decided that she her first reaction was fear, so she decided to join the Satanic Temple. She then goes on to defend some of their beliefs and, and things like that. But my main concern was not so much about the fact that she joined the Satanic Temple as a response to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, but the fact that it seems to be written in such a way that this is like a normal response. Yeah, like there's nothing. Yeah, like yeah, there's nothing insane about this. So right. So what was the line of thinking? Because Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a lot of her rulings and the way she saw gender, marriage, and where life begins. This person is afraid that the things that the that she holds dear, like those things, that the evil the evil Christians will now come in and begin to run the country, and she's going to lose some ground on fighting against the Christian worldview. So she's just going all in on the Satanic Church to try to see if she can't be part of the Satanic Church, getting those things back. I, I'm, I'm look, I'm just I'm reaching. I, I, I don't know. Yes, sir. Well, this this. Basically, she she says the Satanic Temple, which she's saying it's not the same as Satanic Church. Yeah. They're mostly atheists, but 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 it's basically about the choice, health care. Look, uh, she's saying abortion rights for her children. All right, that says Huff Post. That's not the Huffington Post. So it may yeah, be that, that it may, may be, be a, that may be, be a satire page. Or it something. is fake. No, it's not. Is it? All right, Adler, what? Help me, Adler. Help me. It is the Huffington Post. Yeah, the Huff Post and Huff Post, that's like saying NYT, New York Times. I got you. Okay, thank you. All right, so it really is the Huffington Post. Okay, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, Bill, well, you to, there uh, may be some other things. Well, there. there we go. But, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's an editorial, did you say? Adam, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I think Huff Post personal would be like an editorial. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, wow, Bill. Uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, that, that, but if you think about it, you saw me try to, you saw me try to yeah, I know. You, you're trying narrative. to reason it out. But. but if you think about it, it may be that. Because we had Ruth in there that really, if I'm an atheist, a 
an agnostic, and I'm playing games with Satanic Temple, meaning I don't believe any of it. Right. Even though you're 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 boy, you're shaking hands with danger. Um, is because because did you know it was it Greg? Was it you that told me this? It was. It was you. You said, and this is uh, this is a little not the same as the story, but it just reminded me of it. So forgive me for that. You said that there actually was a artist, hip hop artist, that became a Christian because he had an encounter with satanic forces, and he said, I didn't believe in that either. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that satanic forces were real, mm-hmm. I realized Jesus must be real too mm-hmm. because yeah. I had just uh, renounced this whole and, and concept I think it was an older story, of, of but, a spiritual realm. But, but yeah, that was that basically his thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he's I, like, well, if that's wow. real, I guess other. Because if you acknowledge the existence right. of, of the dark, you have to acknowledge the yeah, existence. Yeah, who was I saw? I yeah. know who I saw the uh, the guy I interviewed. You're talking about, but I can't remember. Got to be got to be one of the most unique testimonies of all time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. my encounter with Satan that made me a Christian. <laughs> uh, wow. So let's go to Corn Pop Fifty Fifty. <laughs> go ahead, Corn Pop Fifty Fifty. How are y'all doing? Uh, Fire great. Well, my thing is, you know, that woman from Tuscaloosa that called about, well, she talked about several different things. One thing was the guy that was high naked in that woman's house. Yes. And my thing is, she said that he didn't need to go to jail. He certainly does need to go to jail. I'm a police officer, and the only way these people can get help is if they go to jail because they, they, can't, they can't make the decision right. to want to get help. That was the point we were and, making. You have to be in some sort of law and order confinement in order for you to even get the help you need. If not, you run from oh, it. Yeah. And he had multiple attempts, mm-hmm. you know, to get his life right uh, with his rap sheet, and he hasn't been able to do that. And he's forfeited and, the chance to stay out and play with all the other kids. And that's what he wants to do. And, I mean, that she wants to say it's a mental thing. I'm sorry, it's not a mental health issue. This is a decision that he's made, a bad decision he made. But he's went down this road on his own accord, and it's nothing mental that is wrong with him. I mean, yeah, on down the road, years of abuse will uh, take a toll on his, you know, his mental no doubt. health. No but doubt. Yeah. This is a decision that he consciously made, and he needs to pay for what he's done. That's what's wrong with this country today. We're getting away from law and order. Let's fund the police. We got police officers that don't want to do their job. They're afraid to do their job from their administration down. And that's what's wrong with this country is that we're losing the sight of God and we're losing the sight of law and order, and we just want chaos. As in the days of Noah, Matthew 24, yep. uh, to, is it Lorette? Or Lorette. Lorette. Mm-hmm. Lorette. Welcome to Rick and Bubba. How are you? Thank you. I am, too, responding to the lady from Tuscaloosa. She said she was a Christian, and I do not doubt that. But my my thought process is I do a jail ministry and a prison ministry and Bible study. And so there's opportunity to get the word to these guys and ladies in the prisons and jail. And my challenge to her is don't talk about it. David Platt is probably the best person to talk to about getting off your haunches. Don't talk about it. Get busy doing something about it. Volunteer. Volunteer in your kids' classrooms where classes, where kids need stability and need truth. Just, yeah. There's so much you can do. Yeah, she, yeah, she could volunteer it. and if she's a Christian, and you, I'm with you. I'm not the judge of that. So if she's a Christian and she says she is, then why not volunteer to go into these prison ministries and and help people or to go volunteer to help people who have mental illness. See, this is the mindset that, that Christians don't need to take on 
I'm not going to do it, but I hope the government will. Mm-hmm. And and that that to me has been been a real issue. Uh, did you say two? Yeah, Harry. All right, Michelle, uh, go right ahead. Welcome to Rick and Bubba. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey. So I was going to respond to all the people talking about addiction. I lived in active addiction for 15 years, methamphetamines. Um, And several years ago, I got arrested and went to prison in Georgia for trafficking. And I served four years. And I thank God every day for each and every day of those four years because it saved my life and restored my family. Amen. Um, I feel like prisons and jails can be helpful. Um, rehabs definitely, but a lot of times it takes being forced into that situation. Right. right. And we have to hold these addicts accountable for what they do. I'm a bit, big advocate now of the police and the justice system because I feel like it does work if the people choose to allow it to work. Um, since being out, I have gotten my minister's license. I work with different addiction um, com- you know, programs celebrate recovery and stuff well not since covid obviously understood but um uh i i am i, I feel like these addicts it, it, you shouldn't just say rehab 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 it, it needs to be accountability always and, and to stand up and say okay i did this i need to take responsibility what, and this board would you be where you are right now with that four years in prison absolutely not i'd probably be dead Thank you, Michelle. Wow. Appreciate thanks, your Michelle. work. And thanks for helping other people who need the help, too. God bless. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Twenty-two minutes past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. Eight six six. We be big is our number. Thanks for being with us. Uh, on this edition of the Rick and Bubba Show, Will of Meets and Play could happen today, definitely will tomorrow if we don't get it in today. Uh, so be paying attention for that. You're America. These are the days of America. Walking together through the Well, Bubba, we've had uh, to delete a tweet. Uh, a Connecticut, you know, the all-loving, all-caring state of Connecticut. A Connecticut-based sports reporter has now been fired. On Wednesday, now we just talked about Tim Scott in our interview with uh, Trey Gowdy uh, earlier in the program. Uh, they are great friends, and um, um, as I said, my wife and, and sons uh, got to see them actually speak together at an SLU uh, st- uh, student leadership uh, university. Um, uh, I guess they, what do you call it when you go and you stay there for a few a conference? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and so um, now Tim Scott. Now this is the new thing. And apparently it's okay if, if someone of color uh, calls another person of, uh, of color an Uncle Tom. That's okay as long as it's both people are black. But they're now firing this white sports reporter because a white sports reporter called Republican Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina Uncle Tom. Uh, he's now deleted the tweet, but uh, they said that he will be fired. Uh, after reviewing the incident, the network released sports reporter, I uh, don't know how to say this guy's name, Fred something, as a result of a racially insensitive comment, uh, News 12 Networks has zero tolerance policy for racism or improper conduct based on race and prides itself on being an objective, unbiased, multi-platform news company. You ever heard of News 12 Networks? 
uh, Connecticut. Don't know what that no, is. No, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, so they they said that um, he he uh, when when asked if he had apologized, he tweeted that he wrote an email to Senator Scott. Doesn't say whether he apologized or not. Um, and see, th- this is and this is where somebody you know some white guy tries to chime in. But I would say this: no matter what the color of your skin may or may not be, we must not tolerate this this notion of tribalism meaning if i'm a certain color i have to have a certain ideology and if i don't then i've betrayed my culture or my race right that is that that's that's like that sounds something like childhood stuff you betrayed the club uh you can't be in our club anymore man it was a it's it's a woman haters uh uh he man woman's haters club what are we the little rascals we saw you hanging out with one of those little girls you can't be in our club uh, can we grow up? Um, if we want to live in a, a world of equality, then equality means that I, as a free citizen in this constitutional republic, I will develop my own principles and my own ideology, and I will not be told that I am less a human being or less a black person uh, if I take an ideology uh, that of my own choosing. Uh, I, I don't understand that line. I think it's dangerous. I think it should be called out, and it should not. It really shouldn't be tolerated, no matter who said it. Well, it's just it's just bizarre uh, where we are, and we we've, we've created this political correct environment and a got you mentality and a cancel culture, and it's very toxic, Rick. We also have another one on the other side here that uh, this is very bizarre: an American professional cyclist, which I didn't know we had professional cycle teams. Did y'all? Mm, yeah, I'm sure they do, but I just don't know. You talking about like Lance Armstrong and all that bunch? Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't they? I thought they just competed like in Olympics and all. I didn't know they were professional cyclists like a league. I I, I just never thought of it. I guess. Yeah, I, I get. Don't they? Don't all those professional cyclist teams compete mm-hmm. against each other? Yeah, yeah. Would Lance Armstrong be a professional cyclist? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, yeah, I guess that is it. He was suspended from his team Thursday after showing support for President Trump in what is being called, and uh, what it, it looks like a seamless, uh, a seemingly benign social media tiff. Um, he was suspended from the team because of what is being called uh, divisive comments on his personal Twitter account. Now he is uh, he is nineteen years old, I think. Here, let's see if it. And he reacted to a tweet from a Dutch journalist, who said that she basically hoped that to, that her American friends would get rid of this horrible president. Okay, and I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that's, if you follow me and support Trump, you can go. She says. Well, he did follow her, and he replied to her by saying bye. That's what he's in trouble for? And and an emoji uh, uh, hand waving. Uh, her tweet was later uh, deleted in a separate Twitter account, uh, wrote that, that, uh, that, that he was apparently a Trumper and wrote back, that's right, with an American flag emoji. So we have someone that's saying, now, just if you follow me, you can go if you're a Trump person, somebody saying bye. And, that, and that's a story? I guess it is. I, I don't so, know. It's a dark. It looks like it's a dark hand. I don't. I don't follow that part of it. I guess he's just waving by. It looks like it's a hand waving by. Yeah, yeah. But the headline is: is that just because he had a divisive tweet supporting President Trump, then now he's created controversy, so they've kicked him off. It doesn't sound like he or created him, a divisive me. comment. He he reacted to a divisive well, no, comment. But you got to realize, though, back to what we were saying early. 
if you support President Trump, in some circles, that is divisive, and but he they just will said cancel bye. you. Uh, no, you're right. No, no he you're just right. Said but, bye. but I'm talking about in this in the cycling world. Yeah, I guess I guess to be against Trump is okay, and tell others if they support Trump that they're people that you wouldn't even want to follow you on Twitter. That's okay, but to say, well, I do support Trump, so I guess I'm done. That's not. You can't do that. All right, so am I following? So listen, they say. Listen, they say. Regrettably, team writer Quinn Simmons made statements online that we feel are divisive, incendiary, and detrimental to the team, professional cycling, its fans, and the positive future we hope to create for the sport. Guys, he hmm. said bye. They don't say anything is divisive about uh, this. This other comment if you that says Trump, yeah. uh, get rid of this horrible president. And what about if you if you're a Trump supporter, don't follow me. That's that, not divisive. That's not divisive. See that we're again we're we're <laughs> trying to. That's that's bizarre. I would say if I'm paying you and you're part of my team, uh, I would like for us to stay out of politics altogether. Uh, don't give me any political tweets of any kind. For or against. Rich, he didn't say ride your bike over to the Trump rally. See you there. He said bye to somebody. He said bye three letters. What even a four letter word? Wow. Bye. But, but her comments were not politically divisive, even though they were political and divisive. <laughs> Bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Thirty-five minutes past the hour. We're the Rick and Bubba Show. Thank you for being with us. We're fired up and ready. Uh, the earbud uh, emails just keep coming in. Look at this one. Huge fan, guys. Thank you very much, Allison. Allison emails us, said, uh, boy, I miss being in the golden ticket seats, but I just got my Raycons uh, from the show using the code Bubba. Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. I've never had nice earbuds before, and these are awesome. We're good, Allison. Glad you, glad you like it. I think I just thought of butter in my mind. <laughs> I, I, them, you know, fat people usually think of food. Oh, uh, but anyway, um, uh, Allison, here's what she said. She says, uh, here's what I like about it. She said they, they connected immediately. Uh, didn't have didn't have to do anything. They sound great. Plus, they come with a bunch of different size earbud adapters. I like that too because I sometimes my ears are a little weird shape, and they fit very very comfortable. They have the noise isolation. She loves that too. Uh, and she said I had uh, I had the Bluetooth pairing just almost immediately. So if you'd like to get yours, here's the good news about the E25 earbuds from BuyRaycon.com/bubba. Here's what's beautiful about it: uh, about half the price of the other high quality earbuds out there. And we're getting you an additional 15%, and you're going to love how they sound. Buyraycon.com slash Bubba. Also, look at the sponsors button there at rickandbubba.com. You'll find it there as well. All right, so we've been looking at this, and we'll get back to more phone calls here in a minute. But we've got a very funny video involving, you know, the, the new thing now is I must come up with an incredible way to reveal the gender or to ask somebody to marry me. i got to come up with some just really well-thought-out, memorable moment. And I'll tell you one thing, they'll remember this one. Mm-hmm. Well, Rick, I think I think for any guy, asking the girl of your dreams to marry you is one of the most nerve-wracking moments. Even if you, for the most part, think she's going to say yes, or she's told you she would say yes if asked, it's still very nerve-wracking. It was to me, and I just assume it was to everybody else. So he's going to attempt to do something involving, it looks like a pontoon boat, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, Rick, I don't, you look. 
creative ways. I get it. Uh, it's from that. Uh, but trying to balance yourself on one pontoon boat while reaching over to huh? who you're going to ask that's on another pontoon boat on kind of really rocky water and trying to balance all that out is pretty right. tough. Look at it if you have the YouTube option right here. So here, here he is walking on one pontoon boat, oh, as boy. Speedy said, like yeah, to, to ask her to marry him. And she's in her pontoon boat, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now she's behind the wheel, Bubba. Yeah, yes, she is. I see where she is now. Look, here comes the moment. She says yes, and then and then she hits. She hits. crashes yes. into the dock. It crashes into the dock and knocks him into the water. Did yeah. she go in the water? Re- yeah, no, well, I don't think so. It she, just looks like she hit the dock. But what it is is when she stands up and reaches over to hug him, apparently she hits the gas. And oh, yeah. it throws her down. Her mm-hmm. leg goes out. He's knocked in the water. He's wondering he didn't get run over by the motor. It looks like the person video yeah. got hit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Don't you know once he finally came up because that didn't work out like a lot of <laughs> I Look, his I face gets w- hit. Watch the person video, and I think they got hit I, in this too. Bubba, yeah, that big old dog. boat hitting the dock's not good. Look, it hit, it took off too. Look, it threw Watch him, her leg in there. Bam! He gets he gets hit in the head pretty yeah. good too. I think she kicked it. No, it was good. Greg, do you not love down. that? Oh. It looks a little chilly too. I know it. It does. Mm. And Cold you can tell water. they didn't fake that. That's no, real. no, they ain't no way no. you faked that. No. One. But he couldn't wait to get on the boat with her. Could he? Watch, just get on with it. Watch the Please canopy. Watch her fly backwards. Watch the canopy hit him in the head as it goes by. <laughs> I thought she was kicked, but it was the canopy that hit him. The bar that's yeah, yeah, right. Watch. Oh, God. Boom. Oh, man. It does look like oh, she man. kicked She's got one leg. Yeah, I mean, that, She's that laying front of her looks like her oh, foot is on goodness. her face. Right, oh, my goodness. Right. He's all twisted up. And look, right now, look, y'all, she <laughs> nearly did a backflip. Is that the ring in the right hand? Oh, no. I didn't think oh, about goodness. That. Is he holding hope, the ring? I don't know. Who has the ring now? I don't know, but that needs that, that still Rick, shot needs to be framed. how close he is to that motor going wide open in the water? I've been there. I hope, well, I hope that is not a sign of things to come for their marriage. <laughs> well, you talk about a story. I'm, hey, you'll yeah. never forget it. I wish yeah. I'd have been there, but on 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 land, not on yeah. the dock, not yeah. around the boat. Because mm, guys, yeah. does anybody have a report on what happened to the people on the dock? <laughs> Romantic <laughs> devil. That's a pretty big boat coming in there, uh, hit, hitting the dock. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> <laughs> Eight six six. Hey, we be big. It kicked her on back. <laughs> it did. Michael and <laughs> Helena. <laughs> Michael, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. Go ahead. Thanks for having me, guys. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say over 22 years ago, my wife and I got married, and it's been based on the rock. So no rocky marriage there. But <laughs> I want to say, guys, thank you for your, your clarity about, for me and for many others, about when I vote this election, it's not just for the individual. It's for the ideology of the party and for the next four years and beyond what that will mean to America. But I have a question that I... I wanted to see if I could get y'all's perspective on, if you don't mind. Sure. And what that is, is in the in the, the couple of elections ago, when Mitt Romney and Obama were, were in the election against each other, and I didn't really like either one of the candidates, and I, I there were people that I told, I'm not going to vote at all. And the people would say, the people that I told this to would say, oh, that that's a vote for Romney, who was not the status quo candidate. And again, based on the debate last night, I said the same thing. I don't know if I can vote for either one of these two. And the same person said, oh, that's just a vote for Trump, who is the status quo candidate. So there's no consistency. And the reason that I was going to ask you all this is, Rick, with the lady from Tuscaloosa calling in, it sounded like you were, you were possibly going down, down the path of if she was going to say, I'm not voting at all, 
well, that's a vote for Jones. And I just wanted to understand the logic behind not voting equals a vote for X candidate. Well, and you know, I, this is where, and maybe you you might have misunderstood what I was talking about. That I felt like that she was somebody who was supporting Doug Jones, uh, and she just wasn't being transparent. Yeah, we but, were but, trying yeah. to we were trying to peel back the layers of that. Yeah. to see what what she was really saying. Yeah, because I probably agree with you, and I and 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 where the guys on the show don't necessarily agree with me. I I do. I'm not one of these people that says that you're being disrespectful if you see two repulsive candidates and you don't vote for either one of them. I think that's freedom as well that people died for. They died for you to have the chance to express yourself. And I I'm, I do not find it to be repulsive of people who say are sinful, are disrespectful, to say, it, just like you talked about, I mean, you're standing there with that decision. Um, and and if, I, if I had two candidates that were voting, that they were standing before me and say both of them, you know, blasphemed God, uh, you know, and they, they, they were doing things that were just, I mean, I couldn't get past. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to answer to God for, for what I do and, and don't do. And I think that there is a time to say, as an American, I reject these two choices. Now, people can talk about strategically whether that's wrong or not, not right, and I don't want to do that because, honestly, in the state I live in, I mean, right now, my vote is, is not going to mean anything. So I, it's not like I would be a martyr, <laughs> you know, if I yeah. said, well, I'm gonna, I know it may swing the election, but I got to do what's right, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> Alabama's going to go for, for the Republican overwhelmingly, no matter what I vote. Uh, but uh, I, no, I, I don't think that. I think people should vote their conscience, uh, and they should, but they should research it. Uh, they, and I think there is one option that we talked about. You can go to the platform that a can, candidate mm-hmm. supports and say, but these, this platform is more in line with my faith than the other platform. And you won't find protect, uh, perfection in either one of them. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that says that. Uh, you know, if you if you're if you're if you truly feel before God that you don't want to vote for either candidate, I think that's that's practicing liberty and freedom as well. Yeah, I would say you, in, in my in my family growing up, that option was not available. Uh, my dad was a World War II vet, and you were going to pick a candidate and go and vote. Yeah, and I and I certainly and I don't think Rick's wrong. I don't think my right. position on it was wrong either. It's well, just it, a choice. Yeah, because you know, remember that day that the guy talked to you who had served, and he's about the burning of the flag. Oh yeah, yeah. These people died so you would have freedom. Period. They they didn't they didn't they said so you can have a say. Well, that is having a say. So if you do want to protest the flag, and the government not drag you off and shoot you in the back of the head, uh, even even though they would say. Everybody in our house is going to stand for the flag. No problem with that at all. And I, and I do think you should stand for the flag. But freedom is standing or not standing. Now, you also have to go with the repercussions and the, and, and, you know, the earthly repercussions of what you do and don't do. But freedom, as long as you're not breaking the law. Now, we don't have the freedom to break the law. And I would argue you don't have a biblical freedom to do whatever you want to do in a, in a world government with your body. Uh, I, I, I heard Tony Evans talking about this, and he's right. We don't have the right to do whatever we want to do with our body. I can't take my body and go kill somebody else with it. So that that's you know, there's there's limits to freedom. But as far as expressing yourself without the repercussions of a government coming into your house and say, "We understand you didn't vote for anybody," and dragging you off, understand you didn't stand for the flag. Uh, that's not that's not the country that we live in. Um, but um, so yeah, I, I've never been the to not vote. Is um, 
not being an American. I think it's a very rare case, though. Very rare. I think you should let your voice be heard with a vote anytime you can, unless it's a very, very bizarre situation. 15 minutes to the top of the hour. 866-WE-BE-BIG-IS-THE-NUMBER. We'll come back. More Rick and Bubba right after this. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. To the peeps, to the peeps, to the peeps. 866-WE-BE-BIG, our number. Thanks for being with us today on the program. Phone callers are standing by. We'll work through them uh, how we can. Brian, welcome to Rick and Bubba, buddy. How you doing? Hey, I got a question for Bubba real quick. Go ahead. Hey, uh, Bubba. They said that they're going to redo uh, the courts, you know, to get the Supreme Court justices. Right. My question is, is Trump, doesn't he elect, put those people up for nomination? Wouldn't that just be a futility? And well, number two is, this is, I got one other thing, is, and I'm going to hang up. If if I was the Democrats and I was in that position, I'd at least say, hey, I'm going to make Obama my Supreme Court justice to try to boost their thing. But well, uh, anyway, I'll. Hang up and listen. Well, no, what it is, they have to win the Senate and the presidency to do that. And that's what they're saying. They're saying, look, Trump is going to ram this person through. He shouldn't be doing it. It's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to try to swing the court to conservative values for a change. Right. Like they have the the right to keep it the other way. Right. But if he does that, you need to elect Democrat senators and Biden for president, and we get them two in there. We're going to supp- we're going to add six more people to the Supreme Court, all far left liberals, so that the conservatives have no voice at all, and we'll water down the effect of her being on there. That's so, exactly what. So saying. the only way they can pack the court is to get control of all. They got to have control of it. But let me tell you what. You, you know, FDR threatened to do that. He never did it though. He just everybody, threatened everybody, to do it, and everybody caved to it. Everybody got in line. But you do that. It's just like I said, it's a zero-sum game. It'll all come back around, and that's fine. You can do that. But the next time you get a Republican president and Republican Senate, guess what? If you move it up to 15, they're going to move it up to 24 mm-hmm. or 23. Yeah. So Harry, Harry before, it's, before it's all over, you know. And Harry Murdo. And, and Harry Reid started all this when mm-hmm. they did a, You know, <laughs> at one time in the Senate, you had to have a 60 vote to get, a, get something through. And the the Dems were getting blocked on everything. They couldn't get it, their their people through, so they changed the rules to a simple majority. Now they're crying about it. That Harry Reid did that. You can thank Harry Reid. Only the left would say the rules aren't fair because we're not going to do what we want to do. And then when the rules they create then don't get them what they want, now they're mad about that. Yeah. Bottom line yeah. is the the left just says we're mad if we don't get to do what we want to do. We want to do our way and <laughs> not it. have anybody oppose us. And you know what? <laughs> if we can't win an election, we'll just get some far left judge to make it so anyway. Right. You know, it's just ridiculous. It, it's just uh, the whole. It's such a uh, an attitude that that they're that they're right, and we have no say in anything. See, when you do a sixty vote majority in the Senate, the minority has much. You can't you can't run over them. They can block. You have to get some of them to your side to get anything through. So it makes it a cooling plate. And that's what the Senate's supposed to be. Take it slow. Take it easy. The House is supposed to be the passion of the people. What's hot right now? We turn it over every two years. So right. it, it, it was set up that way for a reason. 
Tony in Georgia. Tony, thanks for your patience. Go right ahead. Tony and Tony from South Carolina transplanted to Georgia. We were at the uh, group of guys from our church here in Dublin, which is about an hour and a half away. We, we attended the event. Man, did Douglas First Baptist Church put on a great event. You spoke, you spoke to people. God spoke through you, and, and our, our guys had a great conversation on the way home, and we're looking forward to, to implementing the Man Church soon. So we just went there to see how it was run. But, man, it was an awesome time last night. Now, when you were talking about participation trophy, you, you did kind of go into angry Americans. So, uh, <laughs> that, that Wait a funny. minute! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but, but thank you for what y'all are doing, man. And we're, we are just on fire for the Lord and ready to do what he wants to do through our men. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad to hear that. And, yeah, First Baptist Douglas did a good job. But you got to remember, though, there were, there were lay people in that church that said it took them two years uh, to finally yeah. get it set up. So it takes time. It doesn't move quick. Um, you know, it started out with the premise, why do most churches on Father's Day say the man has been given the most influence to do good or bad uh, by, by God and under the authority of Christ? That's a blessing and an attribute, and outside of the authority of Christ, it's a detriment and an obstacle. Men can't take their influence and just turn it off. Men and women are equal, but they're not the same. We talked about that a little bit in yesterday's Bible study. But what, what you notice is churches say that on Father's Day, but then you go to the church budget, and the men either have zero budget are their their last on the budget. And so what we try to design is a discipleship strategy that wouldn't cost a lot of money because there's the way the world should be, then there's the way the world is. Uh, for some reason men's ministry is never going to be funded at any high level. So you got to that's the reason why you see most people that produce curriculum don't do men's curriculum because they can't make any money at it. Uh, well, I, you know, I have a job and the people that I'm working with that do the publishing, they publish youth curriculum too, so they have a job. And uh, so we certainly don't want to, you know, have money going out to, you know, uh, uh, that we can't get back. And we hope to kind of break even if we can, but we've made it affordable. Uh, but at the same, I mean, when you talk about getting 40 weeks of curriculum for men's ministry with a complete strategy, you really can't find that anywhere else. You can find six weeks in a book or something like that. And there's some people that do good events and give a six week Bible study, but there really isn't anything. What I found in my own experience is when we were given a six-week Bible study, even when our church was trying other forms of men's ministry, on week seven, me included. Okay, this is not an indictment on other people. At the week seven, you know what we did? Okay, guys, I guess we're done. Mm-hmm. And then we never got together again. Well, wait a minute, Rick, y'all were supposed to start getting together anyway. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but we just didn't. Mm-hmm. So men love a plan. What's our plan? So what we do is when you finish one round on a topic – you have the next topic ready, the next topic, next topic, next topic, next topic, uh, topic, and then you enter into a never-ending circle of high challenge with the with the, with the services for men, then high equipping uh, with the curriculum for the men, and it never stops. And every year we'll do a new 40-week curriculum. We've got one that's already available that they're implementing, and we've got another one that will come out in 2021. And at some point you'll be able to go and pick you know, from a variety of 40-week curriculums. And then we have the individual stuff for individual men. Uh, but it, t- it takes the men of the church. That's what I'm having to train the guys that have been doing youth ministry. I mean, they're accustomed to getting in touch with the youth pastor and say, okay, here's our game plan. Well, that doesn't happen in men's ministry. Uh, rare is the church that has one person devoted to the men's ministry that's on staff. Rare. Might be a liaison. He might do that and other things. So it takes the lay people of the church, the men of the church, to then go out and find a game plan, then come to the pastor and say, here's what we would like to do. Uh, and that takes time, 
but that also makes it harder to market because you're like, well, we're, we're accustomed to just sending mass emails to all the pastors who do youth ministry. Well, you can't do that with men's ministry. You actually have to market to men who are just part of the church mm-hmm. that then decide, hey, this is what we need to do. And it's hard to break some of the old plans of the past. You know, we, we've got a prayer breakfast we've been doing for years, and we might have a wild game feast. Nothing wrong with that, but that can't be all you do. Uh, where's the discipleship in that? Where, where, are you, where are you taking men from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity? And another thing that's been wrong, fellowship is important, but it's not discipleship. Discipleship and fellowship are not the same thing. I think we've been confused on that. They're both important, and you need to do both. But you sometimes we, we're doing fellowship, and we're calling it discipleship, and it's not. Mm. So what this is designed is to do both, fellowship mm. and discipleship all working together. So credit to the – and there's about – I think we're at – about 75 churches that are doing at least a customized version of it or the exact version of it. And those guys last night, what Tony got to see, was uh, they made it happen. They put it together. It was really well done. And I can't wait to get their feedback. Still getting feedback from the ones who are already doing it. So it's going going great. So y'all be in prayer about that, that that continues. And that people begin to embrace it. Because you disciple men, you change everything. Thanks for being with us. If you leave us, have a good day. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.